we interrupt this podcast for some breaking news. Breaking, breaking, breaking. Mike Henry has stepped down as the voice of Cleveland. Not a black guy. We just learned this today, actually. Um, we record our episodes a week to two weeks in advance, and we recorded season seven over a week ago, but we just learned this, like, as, like, the day we recorded this right here, and it's going to be up yeah. for patrons tomorrow. So, yeah, no, breaking news. Uh, the first time... It's uh, one of the very few examples of Family Guy being in the news. It's um, so, so is he just stepping down as as voice actor for Cleveland? Um, uh, I would I would imagine probably Cleveland and any other like black characters who he voiced. Like I think he does Cleveland's stepson. He does Cleveland's stepson, and he did like his brother in an early episode or something. So I, yeah. I think he's just kind of moving away from like the blackface Here's stuff. Here's the thing: yeah. as 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 not great as his black characters might be, I think Consuela is more problematic than any of it. Yeah, so that's yeah. A, that's a different topic. Um, yeah, yeah, no, that's because yeah, I mean, Consuela gets much darker jokes than any Cleveland joke. Um, yeah, and more more racist, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but I I do think, and it's whatever. It's pretty obvious. This is in the wake of you know the whole Black Lives Matter thing resurging, and I, I think I don't think until like someone starts a movement for like Hispanic people, I don't think. He's oh, I'm not saying that thing. like yeah. this is a bad thing or that like it's not no, a response not- to that. I'm just saying like. Right. You know, you might as well stop dropping all of the bad and problematic characters. No, and but what I'm saying is that I, I feel like, especially because it's like now when, you know, Hank Azaria was talking about the Apu stuff like two years ago or whatever, like, I, I do think this is like a response of like, we cannot do this with the state of like racial yeah. Yeah, I think uh, relationships in this country. Fam- family Guy, yeah, no, Family Guy is... A much edgier so than The Simpsons. That's not a controversial statement. That is... Right, but... We kind of mentioned that every single show, but, like, I feel like this is one of those situations where it's just, like, not doable anymore. So... Yeah, exactly. It's just, like, the optics would be too bad. Like, even if they didn't want to do it. Here's, I think, the big question. Do you guys want Cleveland to be recast with a different voice actor or just cut entirely? Uh, which recast? Uh, yeah, I think they could probably find a good enough like person of color to yeah, do like a Cleveland impression. But, but the, like, I don't think that's going to be a problem. At the same time, not yeah. not to um, give spoilers for the Cleveland show episodes down the road, or even this season, because I have some things to say. But you know, I wouldn't be heartbroken if Cleveland got cut from the show entirely. Uh, yeah, I mean, I would neither. I would rather they keep him around. Yeah, sure. Just, like, you know, fine. Just, like, yeah. do what just have another joke like, in the toolbox, I guess. You know? Yeah, but it, and literally, like, literally, just pull a journey and like, you know, get a kid who's like twenty who can do the impression or whatever, and yeah. just throw him in. You know, use him a bit more sparingly. Maybe get someone to replace his stepson if you're going to bring him back to. I, I really don't think it's like a big. Enough God, they like already got rid of. Loretta years ago. Yeah, well, they gave him a new wife, um, yeah. who's voiced by, I think, an actual black woman, which is probably a good move on their part. Yeah. But, yeah, no, yeah. I, um, honestly, it's, no, it's good on Mike Henry for, for doing it. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of people who seem to be upset on Twitter. I'm, I'm glad people are so yeah, passionate but... about Family Guy still, but, um, uh, yeah, yeah, no, I, I think I mean, this is the right move. Yeah, I, no, I totally agree. I, and I mean, Whatever, this might sound callous or whatever, it's one of those things where it's like, I think if it wasn't an issue up until now, like, I don't think they needed to do it. I think it's a good call, you know, but it's yeah. like, I think everyone, had, it's, everyone had kind of resigned themselves to it. It's like, okay, this is just like a little bit of, you know, 20 or a 20 year old relic of like when this was still kind of normal. Yeah. But yeah, I, I think it's a good move for sure. Yeah. Also, I think a good move would be Mike Henry coming on the show to talk about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I hope I. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that would be, that would, I think that would be the smartest that be play. That would be the, the e- easiest, that would definitely be the, uh, best way to handle the, re- the real question is, got, at this point, would, would we make that audience. a Patreon exclusive episode or a public episode? No, no, absolutely not. We would, that would have to be public. Okay, okay but that's, that's, we're getting yeah. into far speculation at this point. Anyway, yeah, get, get back to your regularly scheduled podcast. Oh, one more thing before that. I just wanted to mention that, uh, one thing I want to say that's going to kind of, undercut some of our speculation of this episode that i forgot to mention and i'm glad we did this uh pre-recording session is that season seven uh is made up almost entirely i think if not entirely of episodes that were made during uh uh the season five or six production cycle because of the writer's strike 
Season 8 is the first uh, new episodes since Season 6. So, throwing that out there, we mentioned that as a bit of like a, you know, a bit of a cultural shift. Um, I think we can still stand by it, you know, even as it wasn't quite the Obama era yet, you know, you can definitely feel like change was in the air at the time. Well, you had the big Uh, 2006 midterm win. Um. Yeah, I also, yeah, this is... You know, I mean, right right now, it really doesn't feel like the Trump era right now, and Trump's still president. Um, no, we don't know. Biden could still choke this, but yeah. It, it, yeah. You know. Yeah. Family, and we've talked about this too, Family Guy's always like half a decade late to the party. Yeah. So, point is, yeah. is there's that, and um, uh, Cleveland Brown, uh, I hope they keep him around with a new talented voice actor, um, but if they have to write him out of the show, then uh, yeah. c'est la vie. And, um, all right. On to those good old fashioned values. everyone to yet another episode of those good old-fashioned values the first and hopefully last family guy analysis podcast on the internet i am spencer aka the lonely photon and i am joined as always by andy aka x underscore anarcho anon on twitter yo and ty aka at bobo underscore circus on twitter who the fuck are you guys and we are back and we are here to talk about Family Guy Season 7, the last of the Sheridan Goodman seasons. Alright, so... Last of the Golden Age. Yeah. Let's discuss. We had a good time with Season 6. Yeah. I'll let you all go first with Season 7. I, I stand by, I think if Season 6 was when it hit its stride, this is it firmly in its stride. Maybe it's not as revelatory as Season 6. I do think, on the whole, it is a... Very solid I think, season, and I stand I by that. I think my way of, of being optimistic and nice about season seven is, is this. If you look back at the six seasons of Family Guy we've covered before this, um, there's been a pattern. We generally liked the even seasons, you know, really like two, four, six, thought all right. of them were great. But we kind of thought the odd seasons, you know, one, three, and, and five, eh, weren't that good. They were kind of weaker. So um, at, at the very least, I would say that this is easily the best of the four odd seasons we've done so far. I'd agree with that, yeah. I think that's hard to dispute. Yeah. Is it as good as, like, season six? No. I'm not even sure if it's better than season four, but it is pretty good. It's it's a good season for this the, these showrunners to go out on. I might be in the minority. I think that if it were the same length as season six and they didn't have to, you know, do 1.5 times as many episodes, I think it would be similar in quality. I could see I, that. I, I am honestly that, not down on this I could see season. that, yeah. If you, if you cut this, if you cut out, like, the bottom six episodes, yeah, I'd probably be up yeah. the yeah. yeah. I think this is a remarkably solid season. Okay, so my thing about this season is the highs of this season are... Easily the best the show has ever been. On the one hand, you've got stuff like Tales of a Third Grade Nothing, Episode 420. Well, I really liked some of that season I really liked. Uh, Some of it I did not agree with, or that episode. Well, that, Um, which of 420 or the Tales of a Third Grade Nothing? Tales of a Third Grade Nothing. Yeah, it's, we'll talk about it, because that is, no spoilers, one of the episodes that we're going to do in the second half, but... The, the back half of that might be my, like, in my top five favorite yeah. Family Guy. Well, so the point stands, there's, like, three kings yeah. also. Um, there's there's the first half of the one we'll talk about, Family Gay. Oh, God. I knew you'd pick <laughs> okay. that. I knew that. I knew it. I wrote it. I wasn't notes. actually going to pick it, but uh, Andy typecasted me into yeah. picking it, so. Um, <laughs> it's a thing. It's a and thinker. There, well, there is a lot of Spencer stuff to talk about in that episode. Yeah. It is, it is one of the think pieces that you love. The point is, is that at the best of this season, it is the best the show has ever been. The problem is... is I, w- I would make the argument, I think, not to interrupt, I think the best of season four is still probably the, like, the best best this show has ever been. Mm-hmm. We, we but I mean, th- this hits some pretty high highs. Okay, well, regardless of whether or not that hyperbole is 100% accurate, it's right. still... No, yeah. I see what you're saying, but, yeah. The problem for me is is that 
the real laziness that people accuse Family Guy of. Like, the real just phoning it in, who gives a shit laziness that Family Guy is accused of. Right. I really start to see it here. Absolutely. I really see it creeping that in. That is here. very fair. Like, and I, I think it's it's worth noting, like especially during the post uh, the pre cancellation seasons, we kept knowing aspects of the show that we really liked to keep sneaking in and creeping up and being like, "Oh man, it's getting better and better." This is the first season right. fully where it's just like everything that I not to say all of Modern Family Guy is trash, but everything that I hate about it, I see creeping in, and I'm just like, "Oh no." Yeah. Yes, for sure. So, like, if in my notes. I see stuff like they're repeating old bits, like Coo Whip. They're oh my god, the cool. What is it? They're doing the references instead of jokes. Things there was maybe two internet memes in season four. Now there's like one per episode, or not that much, but there's a lot. Yeah, um, there are at least like four or five. Yeah. in the season. This season, yeah. you know what else I noticed really started cropping up in this season? Lazy Look. video game references. Yes, there's the lazy video game reference. There's, we'll get to it later, but there's Conway Twitty, of course. Uh, um, we'll get Yeah, to we that. will. Uh, there's a lot of rape jokes um, that are, like, yeah, even worse. Markedly, markedly more than the earlier season. These aren't, like, if a funny rape joke exists, I will not weigh into that debate, but let's say that there yeah. is a platonic form of a rape joke. This show, at this point, is... It's nowhere even close to that. It's like really lazy and ugly rape jokes. I will make the argument. I, I think one rape joke in this season comes close to working. On the whole, yeah, they, they very much... They, it is at the point where the rape is the yeah. joke, and that is not how you structure a rape joke. And the thing that started yeah. to struck out to me, I believe this was in... Um, it was in Ocean's Three and a Half. So Family Guy loves its really long and digressive jokes. The, you know, the, the, they sometimes break the form. Sometimes they're just like, like just random conversations that get in the way. I have nothing against these inherently. But the problem is, is that this is where they really start to get in the way of the show being anything. Like Ocean's Three and a Half. You've got a high concept, like heist episode. That's cool. Yeah. It's not. I love a heist. Like heist movies are fun. It's hard to fuck up a heist movie. But. It becomes a problem when, you know, the heist is almost nothing of the episode and you're, you sort of have these long-winded and digressive jokes that aren't particularly You funny. don't like the Stewie B plot? Yeah, the Stewie B plot. There's all of this stuff in that episode that is just completely unnecessary. It needs to be cut. It's not funny. I like a lot of jokes in that episode, but I think you're right. Yeah, it, it it's. I mean, that episode has two of like the like the, my favorite musical numbers in the Stewie B plot. But like, other than the music, yeah, the Stewie B plot is nothing. Yeah, and yeah, there were a lot of shallow B plots this season. And like, um, look, yeah. I get why the show does those long, extended, you know, form breaking jokes. I yeah, to kill time. To kill time, but also they can be really, really fucking yeah. funny. Like, again, we singled out the bullfrog joke last season. That one is good in part because of how long it goes on. But the problem is is that even when it's going really long, there's still a rhythm to those jokes. There's still, like, a... There still has to be a joke, is what I'm saying. The joke cannot 100% be the length. And this is where it's starting to become a massive problem for me. Yeah. So, Conway Twitty... (laughs) But, I mean, if we want to have that discussion now... Let's just get it out of the way. Yeah. I know that you guys hate it. We have said as much on previous episodes. I think that the Conway Twitty episode... Or the Conway Twitty joke is inspired. I I think that just the idea of plopping in a three-minute clip of, like, a very low-rent song that you did, and that's, like, the whole joke, I love that. I don't know why. It just... It hits a certain pleasure spot for me. I think it is amazing. So... There's a version of this joke I like, and once I'm done, I'll let Andy chime in, but there's a version of this joke I like. The show does it in season nine, where they play the entire video of Dancing in the Street by Mick Jagger and David Bowie. That one works for me because that video is actually... Because you love David Bowie. Well, here's the thing. (laughs) I do love David Bowie, but that song sucks ass, so that's not a factor. It's catchy. What? No, it's catchy. This version sucks ass. The original version is great, but... 
the point is that video is funny and peter is right it is the gayest video of all time you well if if you ever needed evidence that mick jagger and david bowie fucked which they did just watch that video no one's arguing that my, my thing my thing with the conway twitty is that and th- this might just be because i have like a very weird you know dry not honestly not particularly funny sense of humor there was something about the kind of anhedonia of it like the the idea of like the entire premise of the joke is subjecting the audience to the joke that i think it not being a very interesting song like makes the joke reach even higher heights you know Mm. i i think i think the entire conway twitty joke is kind of a joke at and this is kind of repetitive but it's kind of a joke at the idea of there being a joke and that is that's like the kind of pretentious you know weird kind of dry delivery bullshit that like really really clicks for me and i think it takes like a very specific wavelength yeah. to click a- on. andy yeah what, what would you um what, what what do you have to say about conway twitty i mean i think it's also that it's kind of at the end of kind of not a great episode to begin with right. yeah so that, that is also, that is fair yeah, yeah. But it's, I, I don't know. I, the con- I, you need to consider the context, yeah. I, I, I think it's its a flawed execution of something that I actually do like about Modern Family Guy, which is just inserting a lot of non-sequitur, uh, like, live-action stuff in the show. Right. So yeah. I think on that level, it's like, I, I appreciate the intent, but yeah, the execution was sloppy. I'll give you that, Spencer. The, there's something I just that just clicked for me as we were recording, and I think part of the reason why Dancing in the Street works for me also is because it's a higher tempo song. And I have no, like, explanation for this, but I feel like subjecting someone to an entire video gets funny to me, either if it's an extremely upbeat and peppy bad song, like Dancing in the Street, or if it was, like, a really slow, like, slower, even more just lumbering than that Conway Twitty song. I think... No, I mean, and there's there's something to say about, like, re- hitting an effective energy, like, in comedy. Yeah. Like, comedy is all about the tempo and all about yeah, the energy the that you keep up. But, like, yeah. But th- there, I think, I literally think the Conway Twitty thing, I think objectively it is a bad joke. It just hits me on, like, a, such a perfect wavelength that I yeah. love it. Yeah, and that's fair. That's fair. And also, that's kind of true of all comedy. Yeah. Like, you come in it with, you know, whatever bias that you have from your life, and, like, it hits everyone different, you know? So... Since we've been kind of negative on this season, do you, but we also talk about, um, you know, a lot of episodes be like, I'm wondering if you guys would just, you know, like to list off what your favorite episode this season was. Before I get into that, I want to say one more thing I noticed about the show this season. This show is getting very, very high on itself. Like, since, you know. Oh, yeah. Like how so? So, Family Guy, you know, obviously there was the sort of contempt for it. From uh, other right. shows like South Park. But now it's been on for so long. Okay, I see where you're coming from. Yeah, and it's yeah. doing... A th- like, it's kind of bought into its own well, promise. Also, yeah. here's the thing. I noticed it takes a ton of shots at other shows, like How I Met Your Mother. Yeah. It's got a pretty good Simpson shot. Yeah, well, like, it doesn't matter if the shots are good or bad. It's just, your fucking family guy. <laughs> your family guy season seven. You don't have the right... Or at least you shouldn't have the right to talk shit well, about stuff like, you know, whatever it is. Again, it might be better than The Simpsons. It might be better than How I Met Your Mother. I haven't seen How I Met Your Mother because I'm not a... I've heard not great not things funny. about especially with how the end show ended. Yeah. yeah it's it's not a very funny show. Uh, Neil Patrick Harris is fine because he's good and everything, but... Adam Sandler movies. I don't know how good they are besides, you know, Uncut Gems and Punch Drunk Love. I, I don't watch his comedies, but... I was just... Happy Gilmore is pretty good. The rest of them are not great. I was just thinking to myself, when they made fun of uh, the Adam Sandler... They had this section where they're making fun of Adam Sandler comedies with the seagull. I was like, this is your sense of humor. This is literally your fucking sense of humor. And it is, like, maybe, like, slightly different. And Spencer. hmm. I don't know if that's fair. No, no. Spencer, it just... It hit me like a train. It hit me... Why the arrogance of this season creeps in while it's changing. This season, and I know it doesn't work because of how the show's production works, but it's something else now my is the beginning of the, the, the mindset of Bush-era liberal on the defense to smug, arrogant Obama-era liberal. Oh, my God. Yes. yes. Oh, my God. 
No, that is. I'm glad yeah, that just Christ, hit me. And that's I, exactly- I was lis- I was listening to that. And I'm like, oh my god, what is Andy about to say? And then you are. That is bullseye. Yeah. It it's yeah. This again. It's it doesn't perfectly line up because you know Obama era hadn't quite started when production cycles in, but he's still like ascending in the primaries. And whether or not he was going to win, there was still this overwhelming feeling of there was a cultural shift towards well, there was this overwhelming yeah. feeling of optimism at the time i remember i was like nine years old and even then i remember like you know there were bush's last day stickers everywhere i mean my parents had one and yeah my aunt my aunt used to have like a car ornament whatever like hanging off the windshield of like bush making a dumb face like like around 2007 like it, it had very much turned on bush and the whole kind of ideology he re- yeah, represented yeah it uh yeah, no, I, I totally see where you're coming from, Andy. And, you know, we might be reading too much into that, but I again... Yeah, it, it, there's a change in the air around the time Family Guy Season 8 came out. And you can... Th- this is when The Daily Show also, like, shifted from, right. like, Republicans as, like, the power to, like, man, those Tea Partiers are ruining Obama's, like, good vibe. Like, you can feel that kind of... that that energy all throughout this show. Yeah, and I mean, and I do think that you have to, like, look at these kind of things in the cultural context, and I, I think yeah. that that is spot on. Like, even if it's yeah. not right, like, it yeah, makes even sense. Yeah, if it is also, you know? conscious. Yeah. Can't wait till season 15 yeah. when we get a transition out of the Obama era yeah. and the Trump oh, era. Oh, God. Who boy. We should do a bonus episode on the episode where he fights Donald Trump. Probably, yeah. 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 So, I will say, we get a little bit of good character development here. Um, like, very minor, but we get... We get more of the fussy quagmire that Ty loves so much. Yes, I want good stuff for quagmire. One of my favorite uh, quagmire moments is when he gets that cat, and he is just in love with James. He's just like... Quagmire is a cat guy is a nice aspect of his character. That's a, and that's a, such a fun thing too is that they continue that through the show. Like he opens up the cat cafe, like he has cats in other episodes. Yeah. Like we also, it's something that they stick with and it works. The, for him. The, this show is is also starting to creep in, and I think it, it's working for the show. Surprisingly, as much as, as much as it might not be great to say, of starting to shifting from laughing with Joe to just laughing at Joe, just Joe as a punchline. Yeah. And you know what? Yeah. I like that because Joe's funniest. Um, when it's like this. Yeah, I think Patrick Warburton is very good at playing kind of like a like a muddled, absolutely not kind of in the yeah. moment like dumb guy. And I think that I think that they are starting to play to his strengths like really well. I mean, hell, you know, Kronk is like that. Putty is like that. Like, I he does have a track record playing those kind of characters who are just like dumb guys who are kind of with it but not entirely. Well, yep. also, I wanted to point out this is the first time I've noticed what felt like a minor but still noticeable positive development with Meg. Yeah. Uh, she gets I, it a I little would, better this yeah. season. Yeah, I, I would well, agree. She gets a... I, I mean, I think she stands up for herself more and, like, the show takes more of an interest in her. I also think that when it's cruel to Meg, like, it is crueler this season. I, I would agree with that. It is, it is extremely cruel yeah. to Meg at certain points. There are a lot of Peter fart jokes this yes. season. Like, at, at one point, Lois literally just tells her to commit suicide. Yeah. Like... I, the, it does. It gets too much at points. I will 100% agree. I said minor positive because... No, I, I agree with that. I think that she gets more of like a more of like a development in sorry, I'm yeah. talking over people. I just I like the season. Yeah. Uh but I mean she does get more of like she she gets the religion episode like which is an actual Meg focused episode in the yeah. show that does not give her many of those. I mean, and she does get like a little bit more of the ability to stand up for herself, but like when it goes at her, like it does not pull punches. I, yeah. I think that what I'm trying to say is that you're correct that the show is, like, a bit crueler to her this season, like, even more so. But right. I feel like for the first time, even since the beginning of the show, it knows what to do with Meg. Like, or it has an idea of what to do with Meg and how to make her own plots. Because I've noticed there's episodes, you know, like the religious one, religion one, where they don't make her just a put-upon victim. They let her be, like, a little, you know, mean or... Yeah. Uh, they let her have character traits that are personality flaws rather than physical flaws. And I, I, I like that. I like that they let her be mean or vindictive or cruel. Or just like a yeah. person. Yeah. Speaking of changes in uh, character that I like this season, uh, you can really feel um, the, the transition for Stewie this season from sort of 
not, not even like earlier roles, like not even like his evil, but more like stodgy sort of old man too. He's very much a playful trickster this season, and I like yeah. that. Yeah, okay. I, 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 we said this a lot back when Stewie was evil and how much we just despise that iteration of the character. Yeah. Gay Stewie uh, is unequivocally better than evil Stewie. Yeah. I like yeah, that. but at, at, at the same time, I still miss Stewie being more of the butt of the jokes. I guess. I don't even know about that as much. I, I, I will agree that I miss Stewie when he has, like, I think he previously was more vindictive than he is in this season, and I kind of like that, but I, I also think that with kind of needing to move the character after uh, Stewie kills Lois, Lois kills Stewie, and kind of moving away from that matricidal thing, I, I think that they... Or at least experimenting I, with him in a way that I. I guess enjoy. what I'm saying is I, I. Well, I do. I do like Stewie, gay Stewie, more, and, and agree he's a great character and one of the best part of the show. I, I. I guess what I kind of miss is Brian is more becoming Stewie's foil rather than the yeah. old ways where it was Br- Stewie was Brian's foil. Yeah, and I miss that a bit more. Because uh, like yeah, yeah, Stewie's getting stronger, but I think Brian's. And, and sometimes it's making him a better character, but I think Brian is, like, way more pathetic this season. Yeah. Um, I, I, I even, I don't think they've reached no, the point No, they where, obviously like, haven't, they, but, yeah. like, I mean, it's I can trending that, that, that Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't even think that it's particularly more, like, maybe, maybe a little bit more than season six, but I don't think they're at the pathetic point. I think it's more, like, yeah, he's, I, still, I he's, he's still, more tragic than pathetic. Yeah. And that's, that, that is fine. I like Brian... I think the show goes too far with Brian and has been too far. Oh, for a I mean, yes, yeah. obviously. Um, but yeah. Um, yeah, I need to. I will say, uh, I think that pathetic Brian works to an extent. Like in contrast to the Jillian stuff, I think that's where pathetic Brian stands out the most. Right. In part because it makes Jillian like it brings out Jillian's personality more and her like you know emotional maturity. Oh, yeah. As we said, I'm I'm just mainly talking on the the Brian Stewie relationship. Yeah. Um, and yeah. also the Brian and the rest of the Griffins relationship. Um, I, I, I think that yeah. I think I think that Brian being pathetic works when it is within the character that they had previously created. I think that when they are looking for excuses to make Brian pathetic, yeah, they go too they far do. every yeah. time. And Especially I, I would, with a lot of the Quagmire stuff later down the road. I would um, agree with you, uh, Andy, that um, I think Stewie and Brian's relationship works best when they are sort of on an even keel, like they're. Both able to take yes, shots at each other. Sure. It has gotten to the point now where Brian is just like becoming this just depressed he, drunkard, and what is it? On the other hand, uh, Stewie is like you know the concerned parent. He's thriving. Yeah, and he's like low key yeah. thick. Yeah, and yeah, no, I I, I agree with you there. So uh, I think that overall, one more thing that I wanted to mention is uh, Kevin dies. Just you know, offhandedly. Just, <laughs> just offhandedly. Yeah, they yeah. just didn't use him. Well, for a while. he dies in quotation marks. Yeah. Yeah. He, uh, what is it? They just didn't know how to use him, so they just wrote him out of the show, and then they just mentioned, yeah, he died well, in the We might have to do a bonus episode on when he comes yeah. back, because there is a lot to yeah. digest. In oh, that. my God. Also, uh, before we, we talk in the transition, I, I wanted to bring this up, but, you know, since we've been kind of negative on this season earlier, I, I wanted to, you know, ask uh, favorite and least favorite episode this season. Uh, favorite episode for me is episode 420. Uh, least favorite, probably Oceans 3.5 or The Juice is Loose. Um, I think that my my favorite is tough. I think that, like, my, my favorite in terms of the one that I get the most enjoyment out of is the one that I'm talking about, uh, Tales of a Third Grade Nothing. I think the one that is the most structurally sound is probably The Man with Two Brians. And my least favorite, I would probably agree, is The Juice is Loose. The Man with Two Brians is very good. The, right I think that. The Man with Two Brians just, like, it, it is the strongest and it has the most jokes that, like, I looked at it and I'm like, that is a damn good joke, like, in terms of its construction and, like, the thought that went into it. Yeah, I, no. My favorite overall is Tales of a Third Grade Nothing, just because it's like everything that I enjoy about the series, kind of in and and not enjoy, but like makes it unique to me, kind of in microcosm. I will agree with Spencer. I think the Juice is Loose is my least favorite. Yeah, I yeah. like looking at 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 my. I would actually disagree with Chloe. I would say that my favorite episode was uh, Baby Not on Board. Oh, I think there were fair. a lot of strong jokes episode that episode. Like I love the. Uh, 
the gassing of Quagmire in Cleveland. <laughs> that is really good. I like the, the, the Quagmire in Cleveland at Quag- the end is one of like the top jokes of the season. Did, yeah. did you know I'm getting a spinoff? <laughs> just, just not even <laughs> that. Just, just the direct TV. The direct TV. And now you're ready to enjoy the full range of exciting DirecTV programming options. And remember, for answers to any questions you may have, you can consult the on-screen help menu, or 24-hour online assistance is available at www.directtv.com forward slash help. So sit back and enjoy DirecTV. Thanks for joining us. Welcome to the DirecTV help channel, your destination for getting started with your new DirecTV system. By the way, say goodbye to Cleveland because he's gone soon for a little bit. Oh my uh, god, so sad. The Cleveland show vacation. For a whole four seasons. Um, of all the fucking characters to give a spinoff, man. <laughs> I mean. Okay, fair, l- like... l- let's ask you this. Well, actually, I know the answer is you- you'd say of of Peter's three main sidekicks, you'd say Joe deserves the spinoff most. Well, you're probably right. I wouldn't say any of them since they they like they're four of a quartet. You know, they play off each other so well. I mean. I will make the argument that I think if you were to give any character a spinoff, Cleveland is more of a blank slate than a lot of the other characters, and that's kind of what you need to build a supporting yeah, cast around, I guess, yeah. you know? Yeah, there are definitely worse choices. I don't know who the ideal, like, Family Guy spinoff character would be. Yeah, I mean, it's tough because, like, a lot of them are maybe not one note, but, like, definitely kind of close to one note, and, and I really do think you need that kind of everyman character to be the kind of cornerstone of a sitcom. Okay. And I think that Cleveland is the closest they had in the sporting a- Andy, what's your least favorite episode of the season? Um, a couple not great episodes. I guess if I had to pick one, you're right. The, the... The, the OJ episode wasn't great, but I, I, I actually was not fond of the episode that I'm choosing. Well, actually, no. Nah, no, nah, I was I was going to say Foxy Lady, but that episode has problems, but I think it has enough good ideas in it. It's interesting. Yeah. 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 Um, I don't know. I, I guess I'd probably love Black Chili. That episode's, like, pretty fucking weak. And I, I will say, we're not talking about Wait, it. Wait, Mike the Henry relationship... himself wrote that episode? Oh, okay. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, we can't, yeah. so we can't talk shit on it. I will I will say the relationship between Brian and the atheist woman is, is very shallow in a way that... I don't think many of Brian's relationships are, and that's kind of like a weird stick. I also think, especially with what happens next season on the Cleveland show, the show does nothing by dragging Loretta back, and like she's a nothing character. Yeah. Um, I think this is the most character she's ever had. I think this is kind of a good send off. Sure. What they bring her back once in the Cleveland show, I think. But no, she's not much of a character. Yeah, and also, it's, it's, a, it's an episode where none of the plots really just kind of yeah. work, and it's just. Bleh. It's also it, it is very funny that like they had the opportunity to jettison like one of the kind of you know animation blackface characters that they had because like that's Alex Borstein voicing her, and they were like, no, we, let's bring her back once or twice more. Yeah, all right. No, um, they had an excuse to jettison her, and they were just like. They, they were cocky. All right. Uh, I think that's going to do it for this half of the uh, episode. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to dive into uh, the media analysis as usual. I see the sparkling little diamond on your head. Plain to see that you already got a man I can tell you're not about to fall for any of my lies I see the want to in your eyes in your smile, there's a quiet, soft desire Like the ember of a once raging fire You know I could light that fire again You know it isn't wise I see the want to in your eyes 
How strong's a band go? Is it strong enough to hold? When our love has grown cold and a woman wants a love sweet and warm. How many women just like you have silent skis? me do they sleep with in their dreams you can stay or you can go and although I sympathize I still see the one to The one to win your eyes. We're back. We're doing our deep dives into the season's episodes. Um, just us, so just three episodes this week. I am Do going it. to start us off Pushy. with Family Gay. You know, the funny thing is, is that I was actually going to turn uh, talk about steroids because that episode has. You know, it's a lot of interesting structural right. problems, but also, like, the core of a really good episode in it, but I've been typecast as the problematic episode guy. And also, <laughs> there is a lot to talk about with Family Gay. Um, so, I'm doing Family Gay. Now, uh, I'm going to start off with the plot summary real quick. So, Peter gets a brain-damaged horse, and the horse causes havoc, and it racks up a big bill, and then to pay off the bill... Peter goes under, like undergoes uh, experimental gene stuff, right. like gene research, and one of them's the gay gene. Peter becomes gay, and then it causes like a rift in his marriage, and then that upsets Brian, so he puts Peter in conversion therapy, and then he lets him out, and then uh, Peter reunites with his new twink boyfriend that looks distressingly like me, and um, hey, his hair is not that curly, and he's. <laughs> thicker than you yeah yeah he yeah. doesn't look like he's doing uh uh what's the 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 name of the lead singer of the, the band that plays werewolves of london um, um where warren zevon he doesn't look like warren Z- yeah it doesn't you. look like a discount warren zevon i'm yeah. sorry he but you have like to a, know he what doesn't look like you a know danny phantom doing. side character <laughs> i would not i would never he doesn't look like the greatest american hero <laughs> uh, um um <laughs> no but then Peter's reunited, but the gay gene wears off while he's having an 11 way, and then he goes back to family, and the episode ends. So, I want to say the stuff involving the brain-damaged horse is probably, like, if I had to single out five minutes of the show that I enjoy the most, it's probably that. There's <laughs> some really strong jokes. I also noticed the, uh, it goes for Stewie jokes a lot, which I like. Yeah, it has the section uh, that... I, I have never known if this is true that it got uh, the section where Stewie eats horse cum apparently got a shitload of complaints. Oh my god, did it really? Um, um, <laughs> it's because he thinks about it. He does the math in Which, his head. Which, by the way, like, yeah, is an incredibly yeah. funny little bit of visual comedy. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I cannot verify this true. I imagine this is fake, but I remember here, like, I remember seeing a uh, a clip at the, like, some YouTube thing at the time. It's like, it got over 100,000 complaints to the FCC. <laughs> There's no fucking way that's true, and if it is, then death to America. But um, I, I want to say, just all of it, the, the way the horse just walks and stares vacantly into nowhere, the way it breathes. It's so well like, animated. The way, yeah. Yeah, like the section where it walks into the room and just does this thousand yard ominous stare and just walks up and just slowly licks Stewie's head is just unsettling and hilarious. And then the part where he eats Peter's ass is so awful, but it's like my ideal type of awful joke. It's. Yeah, it is. It is. um, It is. It is visual comedy on a level that I don't think Family yeah. Guy often gets the, the, to flex on, but I think when they do, like, they kill it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. it's, it like, the horse jokes is, like, why can't the whole episode just be horse jokes? Seriously. 
Like, I would or, watch... Like, you know what I think would also help Family Guy as a structure? If, fuck it, they just did, instead of doing a full, like, 22-minute or 25-minute episode, they just do what a lot of cartoons do and have two, like, 10 to 15-minute episodes. Yeah, like, do, like, the Pink Panther, Tom and Jerry thing, where yeah. they have, like, two 7- to 10-minute things. I, I, I don't know. We, I don't, we've already... Uh, I think that they are too invested in the kind of sitcom structure to pull yeah. that off, but... I mean, I could see a world in, like, maybe that's more effective, like, for, like, if Seth were, like, doing a different kind of project. We have now endlessly relitigated the structure of the show, and uh, I I think that this is one of those cases where that structure would be much better. Sure. Or the hangout structure I I uh, pitched. But continue. Getting into more serious topics, because the horse joke is obviously fantastic. I I think the thing is that, like... This episode covers two highly controversial, like, topics that you could, like, actually, like, either good or bad say something about, like, gene testing facilities and straight camps, and literally says nothing about either of them. This episode says nothing about homosexuality. This is just a vapid husk of an episode that just has one of the greatest opening first acts of any family. I will say, one of the things that really disgusted me watching this is when they they let Brian say right before they put Peter in straight camp, where where they let him say, this goes against everything I believe in, but I guess we have to do it. And it's like, motherfucker, like, this goes against everything I believe in until homosexuality, like, inconveniences me in any way at all. You know, I will yeah. say, I will say, yeah. I like that they didn't go in an, another awful direction with this episode, which is, oh man, Peter isn't lo- interested in Lois anymore. I guess Brian gets to hit on her again. I was, more. I was sure I'm they gl- were going to do that. Yeah, I'm glad they didn't because that joke's dead. It, it was, I, I mean, it was already... dead like four seasons ago, and then they revived it and then killed it again. Yeah. 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 Yeah, they didn't need to do that, and I'm glad they didn't, even if what they did ended up being really fucking right. problematic. Before we go on, I, before we go on, Spencer, can I do one more burn that I came up about how, what you look like? Sure. Okay, you look like someone who would have lost an audition in 1984 to Anthony Michael Hall. God, <laughs> Jesus, fuck. All right. Um, okay. <laughs> All right. I spent like 10 minutes writing that. <laughs> It hurts because it's true. Um, yeah, no. Anyways. I should do this drunk more uh, often. I love this. Okay. But anyways. Um, I mean, do we even need to talk it about... Is, it is cool they actually got, like, Seth Rogen yes. for that one, like, kind of white Yeah. They are, they, again, they remain really great at bringing in guest stars. Like, even for just, like, little snippets. Yeah. So I'm not going to bother talking about does this episode erase bi people? Oh because my god! No, let's talk about it. That's that's a fucking gay conversation. Listen, we have 30 minutes left. Let's talk about it. Um, yeah. Well, no. no but is I, I think what I want to get at with the core of this also is that there's already a conversion therapy episode of South Park, and it's one of the best South Park episodes. In part because it's like a really, really, really dark look at conversion therapy. I don't actually know um, that one. I cannot wait till we get to Matt and Trey. Two, um, the gay Peter stuff. It's fine. It doesn't it's bother whatever. me that much. It's you know, it's a yeah. it's a stereotype thing. It's really nothing. Yeah, it, it is. I mean, it's, it it's a stereotype, than... but it doesn't bother me. Yeah. No, for sure. It is. It is one of those things where, like, if you're watching Family Guy, you have to expect like a level of irreverence that I think this one is, like, well within. Like, whatever. Hold on, I I have a question. How did we feel about the the episode's big running gag of homophobic Stewie? Uh, I liked it. I... I, 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 I was not into it until the joke where he was like, I don't shove my heterosexuality into their faces, and Brian is like, yeah, I know. (laughs) No, you don't. What? I said homosexuality is wrong. Are you... Are you being serious right now? Just keep it in the bedroom, you know? I mean, I'm not all in your face with my heterosexuality. Uh, no, you are not. Well, I, yeah, no, that's, that's what makes it really worse for me. Yeah, before that, because, it didn't really hit. That punchline got me. Yeah, yeah no, I, I, I because it's Brian's just incredulous reactions, like, are you serious, <laughs> is really good. I, I wanted to say, the one other thing I have to add to this episode's depiction of gay people is... I think they think gay people and theater kids are the same thing. They're like, right. I know a wide variety of gay guys, 
Most of them don't act like the guys in this episode. I've met a wide variety of theater kids. They all act like the guys yeah. in this episode. It's kind of like a square and a rectangle. Yeah. Not all so, gay guys are that. All theater kids are that kind of gay. Yeah. Yeah. Even if the theater kid is straight. which Oh, for sure. I mean, <laughs> there's no straight theater kid, but like, yes. Yeah. But oh, that's Seth MacFarlane. Every, every yeah. single, I will say this, and if I'm wrong, do not contact us. I don't give a shit. Every single theater kid has, or if they were put in the situation, would suck a penis. Oh. All right. Anyways, Andy, why don't you give us your episode? Oh, okay. Uh, I did uh, season seven's episode 10, Foxy Lady. Ooh, and the main one. reason I wanted to talk about this is because, man... I feel like this episode's main plot, probably because of the network they were on and restrictions they had, is so toothless and nothing. Right. I kind of wish this episode just didn't exist. Not because of hatred, just because of, like, you could have done this episode right. I mean, this is the era of peak John Stewart and Stephen Colbert making fun of Fox News, and you're just not cracking any good jokes at uh, them. I'm sorry. Like, I think Fox is more lenient than you would expect at, like, their animation wing kind of taking pot that shots at their news wing. I literally think that, I mean, one, maybe it's part of, like, the the kind of liberal shift that you were discussing where it's, like, maybe they didn't, they weren't on their guard anymore, or maybe it's just because, like, they honestly did not care that much to, like, take on Fox News other than that, oh, they lie to people and they're, like, nebulously bad. I thought this kind of followed the like the liberal line about Fox News at the time. That was just my perspective, though. Yeah. Sure, but I've also literally seen the liberal line of Fox News at the right. time make much funnier oh, jokes mean, about Fox. Yeah, but I mean, also, um, this show is not at its best when it's political. Like, I think we can admit that, right? Yeah. yeah. All I have to say about this is that the joke at the beginning where Joe screams at the TV is really good. Oh, God, that new Fox News reporter is so freaking hot. Good evening. I'm Rhonda Latimer for Fox News. Here are tonight's top stories. Oh, she is just so smoking hot. God, I would do things to her that she would probably laugh at. You bitch! Yeah, I, I also like how they, they do get one, like, genuinely good cut in at Fox. It's like, yeah, no, they just have a bunch of fucking, like, a bunch of disposable women hosts that they just use. Like, oh, also, I guess something else we're talking about this episode. Remember the transition to HD? Wasn't that, like, a I thing actually don't that happened? That. I, was, yeah. I, was, I was a very dumb child. I did not pay much attention to that. When did you guys get an HDTV? I didn't end up getting one until like 2012. 20, yeah, I, I think we got like one around this time. Oh, we should probably do the plot synopsis. I oh, yeah, realized. do the plot synopsis. Um, I just wanted to say, as a kid, as a very autistic kid who didn't like change, I was mad at my parents replacing the SDTV with an HDTV and insisted I could not see a difference between oh the two. Oh, my God. <laughs> That's some real fucking And then you got glasses. Right yeah. Yeah. Okay. No, but I I will say that the the one thing that I don't have really anything to say about this episode. I think it's just not very interesting. I, I want to add that this episode did make it snap into place why Family Guy jokes are so weird sometimes, and that's they don't follow the rule of three. Where if you want to do repetition in comedy, right. you do three you do it in like yeah. threes. Family Guy often does like four or five, and it's or two. Just creates this, yeah, yeah, it creates this very jarring rhythm that. It doesn't, it sometimes doesn't even feel like it's going on long enough to be truly, right. like, pushing it. But, no, no, this is a side say, thing, but... Yeah, I will say, let's let Andy do the plot summary just so we don't have to edit it in. Because that, that makes okay. my job tougher. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. This is a very disordered so, episode. Yeah, so sorry that we just, like, rushed in because I, I want to say. So, uh, episode opens up with, with the guys at the, the Drunken Clam, you know, Peter and his friends watching an HDTV of the new Fox show, and they're like, oh man, that Fox host is hot. Then Peter's like, we need to get an HDTV so we can see how hot that Fox host is. But then it turns out that because of high definitions, better resolution and clearness, you can see that she's actually ugly, so they get rid of her. So Fox is an opening for a host. So Lois signs on much to Brian complaining and bitching about liberalism. Sorry, about right. Fox's evil conservatism, which, I mean, to be fair, Fox News is actively evil. Yeah, obviously. One of the most destructive forces. I mean, yeah, all of those networks are evil. Yeah, literally yeah, the yeah, mainstream media is like... like the most evil? Yeah, the, the propaganda wing of capital. But that's not the podcast. Yeah, but yeah. Fox is like... I mean, yes. To, I mean, whatever. This is like, this is a whole episode discussion on its own. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah, true. It, it, is, um, it is a uniquely evil company, even if it's not the most. Sure, yeah. sure. Yeah, so Lo- Lois gets a job. She decides to get a story to check out Michael Moore's house because she thinks she's gay. Sees Rush Limbaugh walking out of his house at like 2 a.m. Goes to the network and is like, oh, well, you see, uh, we're not going to attack good conservatives. So they don't cut it. So then Lois like goes back later with Brian to prove it. And it, it turns out that um, it turns out that actually both Michael Moore and Rush Limbaugh were characters played by Fred Savage. Uh, yeah. Sorry, uh, could you, you, Fred Savage. Fred Savage from, uh, from Wonder Wonder Years. Years. And he's played a bunch of other various celebrities. Uh, and then it's revealed that he's the greatest actor in the world. Then the episode ends with, with the the show being like, who cares how Lois got fired? No one cares. A very funny Uh, meta joke. (laughs) Well, I'm just glad everything's back to normal. I don't think I was cut out to be a TV reporter. Yeah, how did you lose your job there anyway? Oh, I don't know. Do you really care, Peter? I mean, does anyone really care? Yeah, you're right. The story's over. Everything will be back to normal next week, so yeah, who gives a damn? Anybody got any more jokes, Stewie? Anything funny? No? Brian? Meg? Chris? No? All right. See you, folks. But let's talk about the B-plot of the episode, which is... Hilarious. Peter, Chris, and Meg pitch a TV show called Handy Quacks about handicapped ducks that is nonsensical. And Peter uh, right. doesn't get the show because he's stubborn it idiot is, when pitching it. This might be an unpopular opinion. I want to see what you guys think. Maybe my favorite B-plot in the entirety of Family Guy. I think, like, Family Guy attacking Meg usually doesn't work. This works so well. This time it when works. When they go into, like, the other room well. and they're just, like, they're having, like, the, like, the this writer's room conversation about This is the thing that I like. Like, the Handy oh Quacks God. jokes? Yeah. Handy? Like, yeah, the, the like... This is some of the best Peter and yes. Chris interaction in the whole show. Yeah. Absolutely. Every line between the two of them is phenomenal. And, like, Meg being, like, the straight man, but, n- like, not getting into these two, like, psychopaths, delightful. All right, names, names, names. Come on now. <gasps> Poopy face tomato nose! Yes, write it down. Hurry, 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 hurry. Maybe they live in a pond? Chris, can I talk to you in the kitchen for a sec? I, I don't think she's getting it. I know, I know she's not getting it, but she's not, there's no but she's not getting it. Well, what the hell do you want to do? She's poisoned. She's Absolutely. Ruined. She's dead she weight. She doesn't understand. But without her, the staff is too small. I mean, I, she, I mean she's, she's just not funny. She's completely ruining it. Yeah, but I, I think right. it's important to have a female yeah. perspective in the room. All right, well, then I think we're going to have to expect nothing. Right. And then maybe be pleasantly surprised. Okay. I, I also loved uh, the way it ends where... Peter says, like, no, you cannot change the show. And then the person's person's like, I like your attitude. We'll keep it your way. No deal! (laughs) I almost felt like like the whole thing was just, like, the writers venting about, like, man, I wish the world was like this, like, where your cartoon wouldn't have to be meddled with by producers or whatever. And it's like, wouldn't it be funny if, like, that happened and then someone just turned it down anyway? (laughs) Oh my god. Yeah, I think so like, fucking funny. Like at the same time, part of me was like, oh man, like, wouldn't it be, like, fun to make jokes about how hard the animation industry or pitching a cartoon is? But, like, that's part of the other reason that's, like, you couldn't do it on Attack Fox or something that I thought is. Right. Like, but I, I, I am happy with how this subplot went out, at least. Like, it had a bunch of good jokes. It's just, you know, I, I think we could have had a commentary about the industry, but again, that probably would have been better served for, like, an A+. Plus. Yeah, I, I I really do think that, like, they hit the perfect balance of, like... Oh, they did go the, the right joke, direction. I'm the just, jokes just, are, like, uniformly good. It's something good. I noticed, yeah. where it's, like, like, you're not really, like, making any hard hits at Fox News as a network or the Fox Channel as a network. I'm a little surprised by that, but it's just one of the some plots ended up being funny enough where it didn't really matter, and only one. Um... I think I think the the thing that really surprised me about the foxes is just like you can't even make like shots at most of the end of it. Like you can't make a Bill O'Reilly is fucking stupid and ugly I mean, joke. Like come on. He wasn't like the big cheese there. I mean, they did make a Tucker Carlson jab in this season. Like sure, sure. Well, Tucker Carlson I think was also still working at CNN. Oh, so was he? I thought I thought. Yeah, yeah, no, he was he was CNN. Oh shit, I thought that was on he Fox. Was like the and... Did I mix no, up Bullseye fine. and Red um, Eye? Maybe I don't know. 
That might be it, yeah. but it's it's also just like it's just like that's that's the main thing I think is you didn't really put any effort into your attacking of Fox. No real clever puns, no real jokes, just like, oh man, Fox is evil and conservatives are the devil. I mean yes, but like that's beside the point. Uh, I think the thing is just like Guys, you have the daily show to compare yourself to. Either go all in or don't even try. Right. Is my main thing with this episode. And they didn't go all in. I, yeah, um, I, I that's fair. I um I'm gonna say since we're we're cutting it close to the fifty minute mark, Ty, what episode did you bring in? Yes, so I brought in the episode Tales of a Third Grade Nothing. Uh, I mean we discussed it a little bit before. Uh the plot basically is that Peter, after getting the experience of the executive bathroom at the brewery, uh, decides that he wants to get a promotion. Uh, He does a lot of things to try to impress his boss, Angela. All of them pretty uniformly fail, but she is impressed by his work ethic, so she puts him up for promotion. Uh, It is revealed that somehow, I don't know how, whether or not he just this was the farthest he got in school or he just somehow skipped this grade, but it turns out that Peter did not finish the third grade so he has to go back and finish that before he gets a promotion uh he goes back to the third grade and kind of feuds with the smart kid in class named omar uh he goes into a spelling bee which is basically the fate of his graduation depends on him winning the spelling bee he wins the spelling bee uh he and he gets to go back to work but he's not promoted which is kind of an after credits thing and in the b plot uh brian and frank Sinatra jr appearing for the second time in the show try to get people interested in their club that they just bought stewie realizes that the only thing that millennials actually like is being slutty and having loud music that's not good so he changes their club And then uh, it goes pretty well until Andy Dick destroys it. And then they have a whole big band song about how millennials are stupid and fucking idiots. Take me out to place tonight Where the wool knit caps are tight And the guys in hooded sweatshirts Have forgotten that they're white yeah, why are these kids so into their soldier boys and not listening to Tony Bennett? Why did they, why did they love their hoodie t-shirts? I want to talk about the B-plot of just, like, two main takeaways from your summary there. One, I know I remember this episode because I referenced it when we were recording a different episode, but it's just like, I thought people didn't start make, mocking millennials for, like, another five yeah, years. Yeah, that's our job, assholes. Yeah, no, or, or just, like, even, like, like, I thought the real, like, lazy millennial trope, like, really didn't kick off till later. The other thing is, I thank you for just, like, I know it wasn't a particularly funny joke at it, but just thank you for, like, pointing out how Andy Dick is literally human fucking garbage and one of the worst people to ever work in the entertainment Who the industry. fuck is Andy Dick? Like, what did he even do? Uh, Spencer, you want to take this one? I don't, I don't remember Andy Dick. No one I, knows who Andy Dick is except that he sucked. Like, what, did, what was he yeah. even in? Well, okay. Yeah. Um, he sounds like he sucks. His, name, his last name is Dick! Let me, let me look at a specific name. I know, like, um... Literally, his Wikipedia says that he was known for his eccentric behavior, drug addiction, and sexual misconduct. Well, it, it's not, it's not that, uh, he's partially responsible for, for Phil Hartman's death. Is he really? Oh my um, god. Yes. Whoa. What a because um, I think he's part of the reason he got back on drugs, pushed him back on Phil Hartman back on that drugs, sucks. and caused like the reason why he died. Anyways, I will say the boomer commentary stuff didn't really bother me that much. I don't know why. I I guess it's because like club scenes have never really been attractive to me. Right. Not even from just right. like a generational thing. Just like it doesn't just have any real appeal to me. Uh, yeah, I, I didn't have any problem with that. I love Frank Sinatra Jr. Um, I like Frank Sinatra. His son's fine, but like... On this show, I love Frank Sinatra Jr. Sure, I, yes. I, I I am not a connoisseur of his music, but on the show, he's great. I mean, so. he's fine. He's like, he is a technically fine big band singer, but like, I, I don't know. I, I am kind of against fail sons as a rule, which, I mean, whatever, you know, but, but it's like... If, if he wasn't Frank Sinatra's son, like what the fuck would he have done? You know. That is true. Yeah, yeah. I, I I I need to I need to step back and say I don't care about him as a musician, yes, but he's sure, great on Family enough. Guy. So this is the first like real episode of like oh man, 
Family Guy boomerism. Yeah. yeah, I mean, there, there had been some, I think, tinges of that before, but this is the first big one. I honestly, I don't have a problem with it either. I just think it's kind of funny that, like, they are fully leaning into, like, the whole Gen X millennial divide, but from, like, that kind of boomery perspective. Like, and not to make it all about generational warfare, but, like, I don't think it's, like, bad. I think it's cringe, if that means anything. Yeah, you know? that's my thing, yeah. too. It's just, like, ugh. Constant eye roll. Yeah, exactly. Oh, also, exactly. I, I wanna, I wanna issue a correction. Andy Dick didn't get Phil Hartman back on drugs. He got the guy um, who fucking uh, uh, killed Phil Hartman oh, on his, his like, dangerous antidepressant, and like, and later in two thousand six, right. when like talking in an interview with John Lovitz, he apparently like Andy Dick uh, approached him at a restaurant and said, "I put the Phil Hartman hex on you. You're the next one to what die." So uh, yeah. And Andy Dick is a fucking monster who yeah. ruined people's lives and killed one of the greatest comedic talents of, of a generation. Piece of shit. I need to say, the person who killed Phil Hartman is his, his wife, wife, to yeah. be clear. It's not some random yes. ass dude. Yes. Yeah. Anyways, aside from all of that, yeah, let's talk about the A-plot, since A-plot's pretty good. I, yeah, the A-plot, I, I love the A-plot. Like, like the B-plot is just kind of edgy fucking um, boomerism. I mean, it's not even edgy, it's just, like, it's just uh, complaining. Well, yeah, yeah, whiny, I think, is the word yes. I'm looking for. Whiny boomerism. Where the B-plot is just, like, there are a lot of classic Family Guy jokes in here. I think the most iconic Family Guy joke in here, one of the most iconic of all times, is just Oh, here. my God. Oh, my God. Who the, who the hell, the hell cares? cares? Oh, my God. Who the hell cares? Which is great. Yeah. One of the best line delivery Seth MacFarlane's oh had God. in the whole show. It's, well, it's, yeah. Yeah, it's up there with... It's up there with ha gay from community. <laughs> yeah. Um, and it's also better in context. Yeah. I, I mean, and I am a huge fan of the, I mean, I think the workplace stuff kind of is hit or miss. I like the sign catching on fire or whatever. I think the other stuff is kind of not super. The Jurassic Park uh, yeah. Park bit at the opening was kind of like, oh man, we're Jurassic Park. Right yeah, now. it was literally yeah, like, the, yeah, exactly. But I The sign catching on fire is really inspired. <laughs> I, yeah, I yeah, I mean, and I love that joke. I think once he gets to school, like, it is pretty nonstop, like, hit after hit. Ty, as, as the official number one Quagmire fan of the pod, how did you feel about that, that I thought, danger fucking Quagmire joke? <laughs> I thought that was pretty funny. The one thing that I did think was, like, that caught my attention was, like, what it, are there schools that have Spanish classes that are just... Instead of classes where they learn Spanish, it's just classes where Hispanic kids are in. Yeah, that yeah. like yeah, yeah, that is that like is, is that is that a, is that just something that I did not grow up with? No, but well, I mean, other than that, like the joke is structured it's, well. The joke yeah. wouldn't work otherwise. No, exactly. So it does. No, I mean, yeah. and I like the joke. I especially like when it ends where he's like. He's like, you know, I'm finally away from all my kids. And then, like, do you want to make another kid? And she's like, sure. And then he, like, turns to the camera. I think that's funny. But, like, yeah. Yeah, he goes that little... But but also, like, and that is also, like, that is not the quagmire that, like, is the quagmire that caught my love, you know? But, yeah. Yeah. No, but you know you are the the quagmire. I'm the quagmire head. This episode has a good quagmire yeah. joke. So no, I mean, yeah. and for sure, um, I thought it was funny. But no, I just I like as soon as Peter gets to the school, I think just all of the different scenes at least have like one or two jokes that I'm a fan of. Look, look forward to us covering the that kind of quagmire in next season's bonus episode. Is that Quagmire's mm. dad? Yes, oh, of course. My God. Oh God! I'm gonna kill myself. Fuck. I'm gonna fucking kill myself. Next week. Alright. Yeah, I mean, really, I don't have much... How'd you feel about the, the, uh, the ending? Uh, the ending, I thought was... I mean, I didn't think it was, like, particularly good. Where they went for, like, the, the, the dry, like, real, like, no, there were consequences for that. But then also, right. like, the see you next week, <laughs> we're a, a weekly TV show. I mean... I thought that was clever. Yeah, I think, I think in the context of, like... I think, and I think this season more so than other seasons, seasons kind of like played with the the joke of like, oh, obviously we don't care about plot consistency. I thought that was a clever way to do it. Yeah, yeah. It's also nice to get in the judge. Um, yeah. You know, I, I I remember like uh, last, I think it was last season. No, it was during the uh, the Stewie Griffin bonus episode. We asked which Family Guy character would be most suited to uh, the world and after we finished that episode i was like oh yeah the judge would probably be pretty good at that i mean he he yeah. does skew kind of conservative i will say 
in some of his rulings. Uh, you but know, he's a competent administrator. That's, sure. That's, all I, that's, that's fair. All right. Um, I think that's going to about do it for this episode. Um, part because my feelings have been hurt. Um, <laughs> bitch. Andy, Andy, you, I don't even, Andy, I don't know, I haven't had, I haven't, I have never heard, seen what you fucking look like. I can't even, I can't even do that shit. Yeah, I am, I, I, I can, to this day, I am convinced that Andy is just like a dinosaur wearing a beanie. Yeah, that, I am also, yeah. I also think Andy is just like a dinosaur walking around some house in the Midwest. <laughs> he's, he's, just like he's just like a four foot tall Godzilla. <laughs> yeah and meanwhile I, I can't i can't make fun of your appearance type yeah because if you did that like, be transphobic. misogynist or transphobic yeah, yeah. um that, have, that's why we need to get angie on shields. to do it um that's why yeah. you need to get angie on to do it spencer yeah um, i i also i we also need to end the podcast because i locked my girlfriend out of the room <laughs> so i could record my family guy podcast and now she's back in the room to charge her laptop Fuck um her. she yeah. sucks Hi, Angie. Hi, Angie. Uh, they say hi. Hello. <laughs> All right. Um, that's going to do it for this week. Uh, so, folks, we're on iTunes. After a long wait and a lot of people uh, nagging wives telling me to get on iTunes, we're on iTunes. And our uh, we are is those... expensive. Yeah. Technically, we were on iTunes uh, two weeks ago, but eh, who's yeah. telling also, the RSS feed was not expensive. I did not need a Podbean account for that. Thank God. Oh my God, that is good. Yeah, no, we are. Yeah. We record these two two weeks in advance. Whatever. Who gives a shit? Yeah, I think our repartee is getting like too good since now we just like have these digressions where we just shout at each we other. We don't all give the time. a shit. We're friends now. They don't. Yeah. Who gives a shit? People listen to podcasts for. Yeah, yeah literally. People listen to podcasts. People listen to po- yeah. People listen to podcasts to like pretend they have friends, and it's like. Fuck it, we're friends. Like you can pretend to be part of this. Yeah, we have. We also have an RSS feed. Uh, we'll post it a lot. Um, but if you want to do RSS shit, whatever the fuck that is, then you can do that. Hopefully, we'll be on Spotify soon. Also, um, yeah, yeah. Uh, if there's some other fucking way that you listen to podcasts, if you want us to start printing vinyl records, yeah. If um, you if you like uh, inject it into your arm with like a syringe, like we can try to figure yeah. out that. Also, if you're a big enough sucker to use YouTube Red, we might create a YouTube channel sometime, just because you know we could at least do that for free. Oh, that would yeah. be a good idea. We should do that. Let's talk about yeah. it off off record. Okay. Yeah. Okay, but that's that's gonna be it. That's gonna be it for this. <laughs> that's gonna be it for this episode. This is a fun episode. Uh, I had a lot of. Fun. Yeah, it was. It's a fun yeah, episode. No, yeah, I think this this came out well. My my girlfriend is trying to anyway, get well, my we'll attention. See you later. Bye. See you. Bye. Bye. Later. Seems today that all you see is my. Life.